and my grandfather as well, who was Rabbi Aloy from South Africa, who was a big rabbi, but also he loved learning. He had this love of learning. He used to get so excited when he used to give a shiur or, or learn something or discover a new insight, a new idea. So I kind of grew up with that. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, here we are. Another JP show. Um, we're also revving up for the Bina 25. How are you feeling, Rabbi Levy? Getting excited. A lot of exciting things happening around Bina. Are you pumped First of all, it's a new term. That's self-deciding. Place is pumping. People are coming. People are learning. But then also we have the Bina 25, which people, is happening next week. Yeah, people are getting excited. So we have a lot of bookings. A lot. There's still a lot of seats left, so... Not that many, actually, but... It's, it, but it actually isn't that many left. So if you, uh, if you haven't booked, you so need to book. Soon. Book soon and be, become... Just join us and be part of the celebration and the night of meaning. And the link will be in the description, so... It will. Easy way to book. So On that what, note... So what are we talking about today? So we said last week that we're going to do a series of questions. But today we're going to do something a little bit different. It also will be a question. Um, but since we're, our minds are really uh, wrapped up in the Bina 25 event hard to think about anything else um, so I want to talk about that and perhaps get a little bit personal uh, and, and the, the, the general question and we'll break it down is what has 25 years taught you now that question can't really apply to me because uh, I've been as, almost as old as I am uh, I'm 32 so uh, I barely remember when it started but you've uh, been fully present and running and founded it 25 years ago uh, so that's the general question what has 25 years taught you Whew. So maybe let's break it down. To yeah, be a that would be a good a, idea. Yeah. So let's first of all discuss why do you do this? Why did, did you decide to do this? Because uh, you decided that being a doctor or a lawyer just wouldn't work for you, so you decided to to do this. Or uh, was there a particular <laughs> was there a particular reason, or or a businessman for that matter? Um, was there a particular reason to that drove you to do what you're doing today? So all of the above. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for revealing my secrets and sort of my limitations and all of that uh, I probably wouldn't have made a good lawyer or doctor and definitely not a good businessman interesting by the way as you probably know the Garari family um, actually is a long line of business people yeah I don't know somehow I don't think I inherited the gene okay but jokes aside that's not why I went into what I'm doing now that's not why we started Binna um, my background is education but I always I always wanted it. I always wanted to teach, um, and I always wanted to. First of all, I was very inspired by the Lubavitcher Rebbe's teachings, who really, in the years that I studied near him, uh, he was very forceful and very strong about people who have the ability to go out and to inspire and to spread the word and to teach and so on. I grew up in a family. Both my father, my parents, and my grandparents were. Uh, my, my father was in business, by the way, but very nevertheless a big Torah scholar, as you know, your grandfather, Zaidi. Yeah. Um, and he, he was, spoke a lot about the importance of education, about learning, and you always have to make time. Drove it into you. Yeah, I drove it into big time. And, and my grandfather as well, who was Rabbi Aloy from South Africa, who was a big rabbi, but also he loved learning. He had this love of learning. He used to get so excited when he used to give a shiur or or learn something or discover a new insight, a new idea. So I kind of grew up with that. But then when I was in Sydney for a few years, I was actually more in, in children education. I had this passion that I really wanted to teach adults and I saw there was a real need for it. 
So I came to Australia based on the general mission of going out and, and, and inspiring others. But specifically, you know, it was just, I saw this need, I saw thirst. Not that it was so easy in the beginning, but, but it was a passion. And I've, I, based, I established it on that passion and yeah, the passion has continued and still there. Can I just comment something? It's actually just, just parenthetically, you mentioned your father uh, being a great Torah scholar. I might have written this before on Facebook, but um, just as a, as a childhood memory, you know, I, I, I had two very great grandfathers um, in terms of their Torah knowledge. Um, Mommy's father was an incredible Torah scholar. In fact, that's what he did for a living. He taught Torah and yeshiva, particularly Hasidus, but he was well-versed in the entire in really the entire Torah, and spent every minute of his day learning, which was an inspiration in its own right. But I think your father was inspiring in a different way, actually, because he was a businessman for the majority of his day. That's what he did, Correct. including when I knew him. I mean, maybe at the very end of his life, not, but when I was you know, a young child, he definitely was still involved in business. And yet, first of all, I never heard from him about his business ever, which was interesting. Um, like, it never even came up in conversation, really. Um, and and was also, what's very inspiring about that is, even though that was his majority of his time but his love and his passion was Torah learning and the way that's an even a bigger inspiration in, in, in a sense I mean we need yeah. obviously we need leaders who are full-time Torah scholars and they are the leaders of Jewish people but we also need people who majority of the day may be working but they understand their priorities and that was very inspiring to me right right so I, I, I'm sure I could, to you as well no it was and, and it was a very important lesson if I could just put it maybe a different way so he was a businessman and and in the good times in South Africa he was he was you know a relatively successful businessman and he, he built up a nice business but business w was what he did it wasn't what he was right and I think it was never defined by it and and yeah we also as growing up we heard very little about the business I mean and uh, what he was was his Jewishness and his connection to particularly his connection to mitzvah observance and Torah learning yeah and to bring that back to Bina I mean that's what we're trying to do we're trying to give people the place the space the the accessibility to access that part of their life they Absolutely. may be doing other things the majority of the day but an hour a day five minutes a day through podcasts through whatsapps through other things we are trying to let people have a space to really focus on what's important in life and also expose people to the diversity of jewish learning that there's so much yeah. that jewish learning has to offer and that's why people can choose it doesn't matter if it's a you know a legalistic halachic topic or it's a personal growth topic there's there's jewish learning on all those ideas yeah. and that's that's what's so important Absolutely. So 25 years is a long time. Um, I'm sure there's been ups. I'm sure there's been downs. What, if, what are some mistakes, perhaps, that you would, if you would go back 25 years, what would you perhaps have done differently? I know that's quite a, a direct question. <laughs> I, need to, I need to let the audience know that I did not prepare these questions. <laughs> you didn't tell me these questions in advance. That's right. So that's quite a, a, a direct question. So I think growth only comes when you make mistakes. Um, and when you learn from, the, from, from, the, from, the, from those mistakes. So I think a mistake and a good thing that I learned was early on is that you obviously have a product you want to expose people to and you have certain values that drive that product and that shouldn't be compromised and that should be held authentic and pure but you also need to read the audience and that's a very important thing and I think early on and maybe even today there's some times where we don't read the audience properly and then certain things don't succeed. Um, if it's not presented in the way that people can absorb it, if it's not what people are looking for, um, again, and I, I wanna make that point, it doesn't mean you have to dilute your product or modify your, the essence of what, you, of what you're offering to suit people's needs, because that's not the point. 
our, our, one of our big missions is to help people grow and grow beyond themselves and, and be inspired to, to explore worlds that are not theirs. But at the same time, it's got to be in ways that they find accessible and relevant and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, I think that's a, that's, a, uh, that's an important lesson. You have to read your audience. There were times that I think I didn't or we didn't. And then you learn that it doesn't work. You've got to, you've got to be in tune with what people are. And also you've got to have relationships with people. You've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to notice people. It's not just about teaching. It's not just about didactics. It's about, it's about the relationship with people. If you want them to, if you want them to learn from you, you, you need to do much more than just teach them. You've got to be there for them. You've got to listen to them. And maybe it's outside of learning. And that's why, you know, a lot of unbelievable relationships have happened through through the 25 years but it's something that you know you learn that, that that's how, and you learn how important that is yeah and that actually leads me in, 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 into my next point um, you know Bina is obviously a center of learning but I think you're right I think you've, you've built tremendous relationships with people many many people look up to you many people are mentored by you um, how, how does what, what have you learned from that part um, what have people taught you what, what has been Obviously, without mentioning names, what has been like an inspiring journey that you've gone along with someone else on a personal level, not only on a learning level? So there's so many things, I think. First of all, there's the Talmudic saying that you learn from your students more than, more than from your teachers, right? Um, and that's true. That's true in so many levels. First of all, you learn to listen to their questions, even in learning. And you you explore and you and you get back to them and you research and you and you learn you learn new topics and you explore new 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 areas and so on, but also just on the, on a, on a on a regular journey, I think one of the most inspiring things for me is seeing people actually change, seeing people listen and people learning and people actually absorb what you're telling them and really making a change. And there've been people who have made changes in their lives, and I always look at it, and I always look at myself and I ask my question myself the question and I say, well, am I doing that? Like. Right. You know, I can teach. I have the knowledge, and I continue to learn. Thank God. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'd like to hope I give a decent class, and, and and you know, and all that kind of stuff. But am I am I make am I allowing it to impact me on in my context, in my level, in my journey? Um, and for me, that's one of the been one been one of the most inspiring things: learning from people. That you have to take what you learn. It's got to, you've got to let it be open for it to inspire you, to change you, and in whatever way to have it actually impact your life yeah sure so what let's talk about Bina in general what what do you think and from your perspective from what you've built in in 25 years what is unique about Bina besides the fact that we're a center which is totally dedicated to learning what are some of our you know you're very you're a very modest person um, as people know uh, you don't like talking about yourself, but uh, nevertheless, what do you think is, is our strength? What do you think is the appeal to people? So, sure. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a l'chaim after this podcast. You should have had a um, l'chaim before, actually. Yeah, that's right. Um, so first of all, before I answer the question, I want to say something else, that one of the things that also you learn very quickly is that you cannot build alone. Um, you need a team, and that team could be different types of things. I mean... And I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the tables here a little bit, right? Just to use you for an example. I mean, Bin is a whole different Bin since you've come, and um, that's very uh, that's very kind. Uh, no, it is, it is, it is, and people say that, and and it's why because you know, and it's and it's you learning as as we often talk about learning to work with other people is actually a skill. Yeah, I've seen many institutions with well-meaning, well-meaning, and very skilled people who 
fail because they don't make room for others they don't make room to to give people their space and make room to work with other people you've got to you've got to listen to people's ideas not that doesn't mean you always have to agree with them um, and that's by the way both sometimes I haven't done that so well sometimes we learn to do that better um, I will say also that there's been people who have been responsible for some of the most successful programs that we have there've been people I mean if I could just use an example I'll use the first name so if she listens to it she'll know who it is but my Thursday morning class of personal growth which has been going now for more than a decade it was just an idea I was always into personal growth and I, and I gave her like a, a one-off series about it and a second series and then someone came and it was Lauren and then she said well this is great let's let's bring let's bring my friends and she built it up and, and like yeah and it was the most amazing thing and then you know I've given sure at people's homes where people say you know that topic was good that topic wasn't good and and they've done the make so you've got to you've got to have a team at all levels volunteers people that that you know you listen to office staff and office staff you listen to their ideas yeah. not just you know not just take the help so uh, yeah so thank god we have an amazing amazing team now after 25 years um of, of educators of helpers of volunteers and um you know it can, it can always be be more and more but that's certainly one of the successes have been there so you say what is our success i think consistency is one of them I think that the commitment, so on many levels, first of all, the commitment that we all have, um, which I've had from the beginning, but the commitment that we all have not to dilute the authenticity of what we're offering. Mm. Um, all right. So, you know, I say it unapologetically, I'm an Orthodox Jew. I believe in the 13 principles of faith. I believe in the Torah being given from Sinai. I believe in the divinity of, of, of Jewish teaching. The fact that I might teach different classes in different ways and package it different, but I'm always very careful as we all are, I think, to make sure that what we say and what we present is in line with Jewish law, with Jewish authenticity, with you know the, the values and, and principles of Torah. That's number one. I think related to that is focus. So, like we know what we are, we know that there are lots of good things to be done in the Jewish community, um, but we don't just choose them because they're good things or they might be successful. Because we stay. One of the questions we always ask ourselves is if we're going to run a program. Um, how does it fit into Binner's vision? Right. Um, up and, even until even up until the, the, the celebration. So we're going to have a celebration. In, As in, you in will a see, it will be very Binner. Right. It's going to be in Binner style. There will always be a message. There will always be some learning. I'm not going to tell you how it's going to... I think it's, it's going to be... It's not going to be a shear, just so people yeah, shouldn't yeah, be scared yeah. off. You're, you're, you're not coming <laughs> to, to a lecture. You're going to have a l'chaim. It will be enjoyable. It'll be, but it'll, it'll be, be amazing, but yeah. you will go away with some content. You'll go away yeah. with a message because that's what Binner is and we will never do a function without that. Right? Um... Uh, if we have a fabring and if we have a party, it's always with, it's always with some, because we stay true to who we are and what our focus is. And I think focus, in general, is a very very important thing. And then I think it's just like our general thing. I think you know, listening to the audience, we always try and make it relevant, accessible, welcoming, non-judgmental, and accepting. Yeah, I think accepting. Yeah, together with not diluting the product. I think. Yeah, and that's people a very, have commented how yeah. accepting Bina is. Yeah, so that's I think that's, you know, you don't have to dilute or compromise your own values to be accepting. You just have to care about people. And listen, and not and non-judge people. I, I I believe I'm not there to judge where people are in their Jewish journey. Obviously, my job is to inspire and to make growth available, but but we are who we are, and and, and that's an important thing. And I think people respect that. Yeah, not for sure. So, to, talking about being relevant and and a, a big space that has opened up and been, I would say, in the past five six years. I mean, it's always been there, but it's definitely flourished. Is our young adult space. And some people, I think, have the misconception that in order to relate to young adults, you have to be young. Now, you're definitely not a young adult. Um, 
mean, you're not very old either, but no. I want to, you're not a young adult, not in age and not in style either. Like, you know, you don't uh, get the, 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 the modern day uh, um, lingo and all of that. But yet, you do relate to young adults very well. And, and, and I'm particularly talking about even young adults who are not yet that engaged in Judaism come and once they come they're they'll always leave in awe you know the things that you talk about and very relevant things to them how do you do that how do you bridge the generational gap how do you manage to relate so, to someone who's in a different world and in a different age so again right. i want to i want to just say yeah so first of all it's a good question that's a great point but um i want to say there's no advantages in being young when you relate to young people and, and i've seen i've seen the way you relate to to the young people that have a dinner you know the, those have come back from gap year and and then there is something about there's a connection that they have with people who are young, but you're right. It's a mistake to think that. And, and I think, I think, people in society generally think that young people have to learn from young people, and I think the young people that we have have, have disproven that. Yeah. Credit to them. Yeah. Right. Um, the hesitance that sometimes the young people have who are not that engaged in Judaism that they have in coming to a a a, bina, a um, session or program or what we call the Kayemet program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Kayemet program. Is, is relevance for them. I don't think it's about who's going to, if, if the guy giving mm. giving the talk is going to have a white beard or, or, a, or, a, or a black beard. Um, or no beard. Or, no beard. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, right? I think that, um, I think that once they come and they, and they engage in the topic, they come again. And that's what we've seen. People come again. Um, you know, we have Friday night dinners. I've got one next week with a whole bunch of young people um, who have come some, many, about half of them have come multiple times. Because if it's if it's relevant to them and the discussion is good and it's giving them value, they'll 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 come. And again, it's about well, also about listening. I think. I mean, I know I'm a little bit old, uh, so my beard tells me anyway. But but um, but I do try to listen and I try to see what interests them and and understand their world. We can only do our best. <laughs> we try. I think we're doing a um, great job. Um, and um, and they come and they come. Youth. Actually, funnily enough, I think, and I think the Lubavitch never once said this, youth actually want authenticity. They actually want yeah. you to be who you are. And um, they want the real product. And they want the real thing. They can tell if it's if, if it's that. No, if they're coming to a Jewish event, they want it to be really Jewish. Yeah. Right? In a way that's accessible and yeah, yeah. relevant of course, and all relevant. that. Yeah, 100%. But, but yeah, they want the real yeah. thing, for sure. Absolutely. So let's end off. What's your vision for the next 25 years? So, ooh. I should ask you that question. Actually. <laughs> um, I know I still have a lot of passion. Please God, many, someone, many more years. Someone asked me, so how do you see Bina in the first 25 years? So I said, we scratched the surface. Well, scratch the surface well. I think maybe I said this last week, but we, we have scratched the surface well, but scratch the surface, there is so much more to do. Our vision is to expand. We need more teaching, better marketing. Our marketing is not bad, but we really started putting in things because the product, we've seen pretty people like the product, people are taken by the product, we need to get it to more people. There's still lots of people in Sydney that need what we're offering um, and need to engage more and need to grow and need to be inspired, need to be cared for. Um, there's lots to do, so expansion. Um, we will continue to read the audience, we're gonna to continue to see what is, what is relevant for people. Um, you know, sometimes it's parenting stuff, sometimes it's just the issues at hand, whether it's Managing emotions all depends on what's going on and what what the issues the issues will change. I know the issues will change, but the Torah doesn't change. The Torah won't change. The so, message is the so same. So the question will you right. So what will happen is, I mean, I'll give you an example. So when COVID happened, for example, the whole world changed, right? Right. 
So the values didn't change, and that's exactly what we tried to communicate. So we did endless amount of talks about how you handle the situation. Things will change, the world will change, but the question we'll keep on asking is, how do we inspire people to go through and navigate what, how the world is changing from a Jewish lens, from a Jewish perspective, from a Torah lens? And that's what we're going to keep doing. But there's so much more to do. We've got to make a lot more stuff available for young people, even, even school-age people maybe, and um, more, more programs, more courses on many different levels, different demographics that may be a little bit weaker. We have, I mean, we, we have a very diverse demographic reach, but but there's some are stronger than others. We've got to look at ones that need strengthening and, and, and introduce more stuff. And we're, we're ready to roll. We're ready to go. Amazing. So before we close, I just another question came to mind. I want to end with this. How's it working with your son? Not necessarily me, but the idea of, you know, were you nervous about it? Is that, did you think it would be more complicated than it is? Is it more complicated than you thought it would be? No, I always knew it'd be complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was naive. Um, Working with a son is the most beautiful thing in the world. Uh, I, I knew that it would have... You've got to navigate it. Yeah. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to be modest, but if I can give a credit to both of us, it's actually worked out very well. <laughs> yeah. I think communication is important. And, yeah, uh, it means extra communication means also, you know, knowing what's business and what isn't. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right? Uh, I might be your boss, for example. Uh, you know, I know you, you're amazing. You always come and consult. And I know that, you know, I... I Head organization. I try to listen. I I, I do make decisions sometimes, yeah. but also have to know that that's decisions in business. I don't make decisions on how you run your life. It's your life. It's not that's nothing. Right. Nothing to me, unless yeah. you ask me. But but yeah. um, it has. It, I know. I've seen in the world. It hasn't always for some people worked out. For me, it has. And again, credit to you, really. It has worked out really, really well, and it's a beautiful thing. It's the most beautiful thing. It is. It is amazing. And uh, we'll keep trying to do it well. Better <laughs> such. You know, please God, I'll be for many, many more years in, in health and Amen. success. Amen. And we look forward to celebrating with everyone. It's yeah. going to be an amazing event, so book now. And uh, we hope to see everyone there. Have a wonderful day. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to The JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.